Hey friends, welcome back to the Woven in Truth podcast. I am Mallory Meltrapost, hanging out with you today. Thanks for spending some time with me. I am here with no one. <laughs> I'm, here. I'm by myself in my she shed talking to you guys today, um, which I know is like weird and not our usual format. So please forgive me. But anyways, I just keep having these thoughts and have been studying some stuff recently and I just would love to share it with you in hopes that it would resonate or encourage you in the same ways that it's encouraged me. So today I'm going to be kind of talking about Emmanuel, like God with us, and obviously this is not just a Christmas thing. I think we associate it with that. (laughs) And I did a big study on it back in probably November, December, and she reads truth did a great um series on it and it really encouraged me to do a little deeper dive so but it's so funny because it's just stuck with me like god keeps pulling me back to that like i keep wanting to like move on to something else and you know i don't know make it more complicated and it's so funny because god's just like no 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 you didn't quite get this (laughs) so anyways i would just love to share with you appreciate you listening um For me, the word of the hour is fear. And I would say if you scratch into the surface of most of our big feelings, there's fear. Um, And I, wow, is there so much to fear? Yes, on this side of eternity. And ultimately, like, so much pain. And I don't dare to, like, sit here and tell anybody listening, you know, about their pain or their fear because each heart knows its own suffering. And the last thing I want to do is just tell you, like, don't worry. Or I know because I don't. The truth is I don't. Um, But at least for me, what will help with my fear? Is it control? No, because that's just an illusion that usually breeds even more fear. Is it answers? Not really. Like just escape or distraction, which is kind of my choice most of the time. Not a good one, but no, because that just prolongs it or intensifies it. And um, I don't know. I just wanted to think about, wow, what does God tell us in our fear? You know, how does he comfort us in our fear, right? It's with reminders of his presence in our lives, right? As I've studied and considered, like, how not to worry or how to not be afraid, God keeps directing me right back to the same place, which is his presence. There's some cool scriptures. I mean, there's a ton, but just off the top. Isaiah 41, verse 10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Psalm 118, verse 6. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. Psalm 94, 19, when the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. There's a quote, feeling deeply overwhelmed may be a signal, not that our trials are insignificant or that our emotions are too strong, but that we have been carrying them alone. Isn't that like, wow, like hits it right on the head, right? And this is what makes the good news so good, right? Is that God is with us right and his presence is amazing i love this other quote every religion explains how we get to god only christianity explains how god came to us i just think that's so cool like he is not indifferent towards you towards me towards our individual circumstances our suffering our walks with him he cares right and maybe we know that intellectually but like how does that actually shape our experience of life in this world, right? 
Question for you as you're listening. What feeling does God's presence presence solicit in you? Is it confidence? Is it joy? Is it comfort? Is it hope? Does it give you courage, you know, in the face of your fear? Um, another question, are there any reservations that maybe bring up, you know, um, like in your head or heart, maybe some questions. Um, I'm going to read you guys like a little excerpt from this book called forming a work of grace by David tackle. I am only, mm, I don't know, a hundred pages into this giant book, but this thing is packed (laughs) with good stuff. So forgive me for reading an excerpt of a book I haven't finished, but it's just too good. Um, So this is in kind of a portion talking about how God is relational and he wants to be with us. And it says, God is not far away. He did not give us the Bible as a way to fill in for him until he returns in glory. Nor were his references to being with us ever meant to be taken as mere figures of speech. God wants us, God wants to be known, be a known presence in our life and to have relationship with us that is real and substantive and meaningful for us. Most Christians would agree in principle that God is with us all the time, whether we know, whether or not we can sense his presence. There are certainly enough verses letting us know that this is a reality we can count on. But for many, this idea is filed away under the category of things I believe about the spiritual world and has almost no connection with their actual experience of God. Many Christians even have memories of times when they sense God's presence but have little awareness of him in their everyday life. So I just think this is crazy because it's like we kind of know it in our heads, but then it's really hard sometimes to process this with our hearts. And um, that's why I think we had Jesus in the first place, right? Emmanuel is a Hebrew name, which first appears back in Isaiah 7 verse 14, where it says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. This prophecy, right? This name, Emmanuel, is a sign that God will protect his people, right? It's prophecy of the birth of a Messiah, a savior, God with us in human form. Then we see the fulfillment of this 400 years later in the literal person of Jesus, right? That's Matthew 1. You can read it, verse 18 through 23. But essentially, right, um, Mary gets pregnant through the Holy Spirit and gives birth to this Jesus to fulfill this prophecy. And it's just so crazy. So this isn't just like a fun little Christmas thing, right? Emmanuel is God with us. This is big. Jesus was and is the incarnation, came to dwell on earth. And we'll circle back. But let's unpack God's presence a little bit more because it is so mind-blowing. So this is kind of going to be our main scripture today. Psalm 73 verse 28 says, But as for me, God's presence is my good. I have made the Lord God my refuge so I can tell about all you do. I love this. God's presence is my good. Because if God's presence isn't good enough for me, then what is, right? Nothing. Nothing's going to be enough. How is God's presence revealed in scriptures? It doesn't just begin and end with Jesus. There's a biblical progression of his presence. I'd love to go through this with you guys because I think it's really interesting. This isn't exhaustive and my degree was in liberal studies, not theology, but I think this stuff is so interesting, so I have to share it. First, we see him in the garden, right? Genesis 3, literally heard his footsteps walking in the garden in this like perfect relational state. Then we see it in the Ark of the Covenant, 
the mobile ongoing presence spoke to Moses back in Numbers 7 verse 89. Then we see it in the tabernacle. In Exodus 40 verse 34, it says, then the cloud covered the tent of the meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Progresses to the temple in like 1 Kings chapter 8 is where you can see this. The temple was a reminder that God was dwelling among his people and yet was still separated by a curtain into the Holy of Holies where only the high priest could enter once a year. That is until Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Wow, it's just so cool. Then you see, you know, in the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, we'll circle back to this. And then at the end, New New Jerusalem foreshadowing, Revelation 21, stuff like that. And what does all this mean for us now here in our lives, 2021 or whenever you're listening to this? Obviously, God has a powerful presence, a fierce and he's a fierce and mighty warrior who saves, who fights on your behalf, who advocates for you, who provides refuge and is ever present in times of trouble. When I think about him and his presence in this sense, it gives me courage and security. But it's not only his powerful presence that gives me strength. His tender presence comforts me. Isaiah reveals God's deep tenderness by comparing him to a shepherd. In chapter 40, verse 11, he protects his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them into the fold of his garment, right? He gently leads us. So God isn't just a present, he's not just present in like a general sense. He's present in your specific life. He's affectionately with you um, as an individual and he is relational. So question for you as you're listening, do you allow God's presence to minister to you? What would that look like? How would that maybe change things for you? While you're thinking about that, let's unpack a few more terms together. As you know, I love terms. (laughs) God's presence is multifaceted, you know? So here are just some attributes of his presence I'd love to break down a bit. His omnipresence. So God is everywhere, whether we perceive him or not. Like when David says, where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? Like you can't. And then his presence is also transcendent. So the transcendence factor is that God is not bound by any physical or time constructs, which is, this is, this is kind of mind blowing for us humans. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. This is directly related to like his sovereignty. This means he can be multiple places and time periods. Like even when Solomon dedicated the temple for God to dwell, he says in 1 Kings 8, 27, but will God indeed live on earth? Even heaven, the highest heaven cannot contain you, much less this temple I have built. So that's God's transcendence. We also have the manifest presence of God. This is the physical presence, something you can see or process with human senses. Like in Exodus, God speaking to Moses or seen in a burning bush um, or through like natural phenomena, like a wind or thunder, like the the rainbow, right? Um, And then we have eminence. This is, I really love this. This is God's presence within creation. God is not only presence present in the physical world, but also accessible, available, and even attentive to us, his creation. This is also mind-blowing that God is so relational and designed us for relationship. Then we have indwelling presence. Um, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's Colossians 127, the indwelling presence of God. 
1 Corinthians 6, 19 is, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God? So let's kind of camp out on the idea of eminence as it directly correlates with Emmanuel. Notice the, the, um, the first part of that word there, eminence, Emmanuel, God with us, present in his creation. There's a C.S. Lewis quote, God has infinite attention to spare for each one of us. You are as much alone with him as if you were the only being he had ever created. So when or where do you connect with God's presence the most? I love Andy Kolber's book, Try Softer. Oh my goodness, it's so good. In it, her big mantra is that we were created with and for compassionate attention by the creator of the universe. Psalm 139, verse five, you hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. What do hems do, right? Think about it. Like thinking about a hem on your skirt or like on a sweater, they prevent unraveling. Amen. I I could have a master's degree in unraveling. So this is really good news for messes like me. Um, I just love this behind and before, right? This like, um, the security of that. It, it just reminds me of this story that I will share with you because I always share my embarrassing stories with you guys. When I was a teenager, I went to haunted house with my friends and I discovered that I had like a phobia of clowns. Actually, I didn't discover it. I already knew it. But I went and long story short, first panic attack in a haunted house, sat down, couldn't move, shows you how worthless I'd be in an actual crisis. <laughs> and then um, it was pretty traumatic. Then fast forward like five years, I'm a young woman living in San Diego at this point. And my friends at the time were going to go to this theme park that turns it, they turn the whole theme park into like, Mm, like a haunted house around Halloween time. And um, everybody wanted to go. And I thought, oh, for sure, I've grown out of that, right? Like I can handle this. I'm a grown woman, right? And um, so I agreed to go. And luckily my big brother was in town at the time too. And um, my now husband, Jeremy, was with me as well. So they wanted to go. I was like, yeah, sure. So we go and, oh guys, I was legit so scared the entire night. Like not joking, like like so uncomfortable, so scared. There's clowns everywhere. But here's the cool thing. My big brother and Jeremy, they're both like kind of big workout types. They would walk on either side of me, kind of like bodyguards through on a theme park. <laughs> and they'd literally hem me in, right? So I still had to walk the terrifying paths. <laughs> But I was not alone and I knew they were with me. They wouldn't leave me and ultimately I would be okay. The same is true 10 times over with God's presence in our specific lives. That's the key here. It's individualizing God's presence. Another version of this scripture says, His, he encircles me. I love that. Like Psalm 23, thinking about this, we still walk in the dark valleys, but he is there. He is ever present. He is with you and he protects and provides in every step of the journey. I just think this is so comforting because it's validating of the valleys, but it's so comforting with his presence. This has huge implications. If he encircles us, it changes everything if we allow it to. He holds our past, redeeming and healing wounds and failures. He also holds our futures, replacing worry and fear with the peace of his promised presence. His presence allows us to be present. If I believe God redeems my past and truly holds my future, I can just trust fall in the present no matter how scared I am. 
So here's a question. Why did Jesus become Emmanuel? There's a cool worship song. I can't remember the name of it, but one of the lyrics says, what other king leaves his throne? Like this just doesn't make sense. Like this is reckless for him to do this, but it's so amazing. The answer, this is what I can come up with. He is not indifferent towards you. Why is Jesus with you? Because he wants to be. Think about that. That just is mind blowing. We cannot forget that the presence of God came to earth and dwelt among humanity, not to condemn it, but to save it. That's John 3, 17. Back to that scripture. But as for me, God's presence is my good. Wow. So we could take a deep dive into the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I don't know if you guys want to do that or not. I just think this is amazing and we don't really talk about it enough because I don't know, maybe I'm scared to say the wrong thing or get an email. I don't know. But I just think this is crazy because Jesus got in flesh, present walking on earth thousands of years ago, says in John 16 verse 7, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Like what could be better than our Jesus, our amazing, perfect Jesus in the flesh? Jesus is saying that when the spirit comes, the presence of God will be available to all people. As Jesus took his last breath on the cross, the curtain that separated people from entering into God's presence in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The Lord wanted to dwell with his people and he made a way for that to become a reality. Jesus Emmanuel came, lived and died as the final sacrifice so that we could have an indwelling, imminent Emmanuel, like AKA the Holy Spirit. Emmanuel removed all barriers between us and our creator. So what does this produce in us? How should this change our day-to-day lives on this side of eternity? Wow, in Isaiah 32, a foreshadowing of like post-Pentecost living, we're reminded of this glorious benefit of being filled with God's spirit. The result of righteousness will be peace. The effect of righteousness will be quiet confidence forever. That's verse 17. Quiet confidence forever. This can be our now. This quiet, this isn't like shy or like silent. (laughs) It's that kind of calm you have when you like watch a movie you've already seen, right? When the peril comes, you're at peace because you've already seen the ending. You know what happens. You know the plot. You're confident in the hero. If you don't know, if you have this Holy Spirit thing, ask someone to help you with the scriptures. This is huge. I know it's a little overwhelming to unpack on your own, but it changes everything, I just love this quiet confidence forever because of God's presence through the spirit in our lives. It's just amazing when you think about it. We are the temple in which God chooses to dwell, not visit like an Airbnb in happy summer season when we get all cleaned up, right? (laughs) Post our good pictures on the website, but like live, live like through the good and bad, our best moments and our cringiest, like Let's not quench that spirit, but let us be women that soak it in like the soppiest sponge possible, right? I just think that's amazing. How can we be women who fully embrace and embody the spirit who lives inside of us? Do you abide in God's presence or are you more nomadic? (laughs) Because he's there, right? But sometimes maybe we do a little bit of wandering. What would it look like or feel like to abide in God's presence, right? How could that change maybe your perspective or your interactions with others even this week or today? 
when people visit us, do they leave feeling like they visited with the spirit of God himself? Do we emanate that quiet confidence? So we're going to end here. Let's just consider God's presence with renewed wonder today. That's what I'd love for us to do is just get a little more curious, get a little more connected with God's presence in our lives and just watch him work, watch him, you know, move, feel the comfort from him and encouragement. And let us be women that walk with an awareness of God and acknowledgement of his presence as we face this broken world with quiet confidence. And as for me, God's presence is my good. Thanks for listening. I hope this encouraged you. Mm-hmm.